Yeah, baby! Welcome to Every Month Madness, the show that knows any month is a great month to take your favorite pop culture and pit it against itself in a winner-take-all NCAA-style bracket where only one thing is left standing. I'm Joe Costal, and I'll be your host this month when we welcome the boys from Fright School to have the complicated discussion about queer-coded cartoon characters and which one will be left as the ultimate representation in our every month madness bracket let's tip it off baby bright school podcast is here everybody yay hi bright school welcome to every month madness yay yay Yay. the kermit the frog lives i love that it's just life yeah Every month madness, I did. Every month madness is how (laughs) right is how life is. And what new point one half of the Jersey Ghouls are here, a single ghoul. Oh my goodness! Hello, I couldn't possibly let the three of my favorite people in the world hang out and not be a total interloper and and be your third wheel. So you're welcome. (laughs) Wait, who's the third? There's Josh, me, and Joe from Fright School. Who's the other one? Who's the other favorite? (laughs) All right, Joe, you were, you kind of got it. So you just got rolling. You, you started it off, right? Because you said there's a lot of problematic queer coding, gay coding in Gilmore Girls. Let's talk about what's problematic. Why queer coding is dangerous. Yes. Should we define it first? Maybe we should like definitional. (laughs) Professor, Professor Joshua, are you here? Take it away. (laughs) Oh no, I was gonna let you joke. Oh no, I let you. I I I you know famously I know nothing and (laughs) I let the elder gay do it. (laughs) Is that is that how it works? (laughs) But Joshua, tell tell the tell the the peoples, the the cishets what uh the cishets the cishets uh the difference between so so i wanted I, joshua and i were talking and it's like we we wanted to make sure that there was a specific um there was a specific uh definition between like queer coding and then the phenomenon of queer baiting mm-hmm. ah yeah. yes okay so yeah. go ahead okay well we'll talk about queer coding because that's what we're here to discuss the most of you know so basically queer coding is um when a character is given like traits and uh, basically stereotypes get applied that make you think that they are a queer, whatever they might be, uh, a queer person, a queer animal, whatever the, you know, the show is doing, uh, but it's never explicitly stated. Uh, so that's kind of like the simplest, easiest explanation. So it does not necessarily have to be positive or negative, depending uh, you know, but it is mostly kind of viewed through a negative lens because, as we'll discuss, a lot of times the villains are queer coded uh, and there are just certain features uh, like dandyism or, lot, you know, drama or the way they dress or the colors that they're put in are just things to be like, this is a gay person and they're bad. <laughs> right. Like all gays, they're right. awful. Evil. Right. Well, gays monsters. are awful, but like, you know, yeah. not some of us are. Some of us are awful. <laughs> and then paired with like queer baiting is more of like when the intention, it, it's a little bit more insidious because it's to draw queer viewers in by promising queer content that is not, that's not actually there. Uh, 
Uh, and there's lots of examples of that, you know, where they kind of play up like bromance, but they might, you know, put an ad out that makes it seem like there's something more. So of course, you know, gay people are like, oh, or queer people are, you know, I'm going to watch the show. It's going to have these queer characters. And then they're not really, it was just a, like a trap. <laughs> so think anytime Disney does like, so Disney's live action Beauty and the Beast, LeFou is ca- canonically gay. And then you have one moment, like momentary glance where it's like, oh yeah, I guess he could be gay. That is queer baiting because it's like, you already knew a you already knew the disney gays were going to watch because it's disney and it's beauty and the beast and but like to put that in there without it either and and the other thing too is that it's it's entirely unnecessary so like it doesn't add anything it doesn't subtract anything it's just kind of there it's just kind of there for for no other reason which like is also something that's like you know sometimes we like characters that are gay just to be gay you know and not have there be any deeper meanings and like josh gad who plays lefou isn't i don't believe he's queer so like that's also problematic in and of itself because it's like why are you going to queer code why are you going to explicitly say this character is gay give them like give them like the very minimum like he didn't kiss a man you know like he didn't he just gave him a knowing glance and you know maybe um he got flustered or something and that was it and it's like okay well this is it was entirely queer baited like queer coding is like the falcon and the winter soldier where (laughs) like they are not and i just say that because i just watched uh the most recent episode and it's like the relationship between the two like is a very heavily masculine relationship and it's really fraught and like there's there is tension between them but there but it's not a sexual tension but like it easily could be like the subtext could read very much that because of their mutual love for another man steve rogers captain america and so so yeah so like i mean and i also wouldn't be lying if i said that like you know i'm watching waiting for disney to like you know give us some sort of queer baited tension just for my spank bank but you know <laughs> no I just because it also kind of operates like in disney's case who i think disney's done a lot of damage in the sense of reinforcing misogyny reinforcing racism reinforcing homophobia what they've done with this beauty and the beast by like queer baiting you know it's also it's kind of like they're pink washing themselves a little bit like oh no see we we you know we like gays we're giving you this glance it's the same problem with like the gilmore girls because by you know in the past having this very heavily queer coded character um and not really addressing it in the show when it wasn't really okay to address it by doing it on netflix as like a throwaway thing it's like oh it's we live in a world that's so cool it doesn't even matter he's just mentioning his husband because we're super cool and it's not that big of a deal but then they but they never had that conversation in a larger context but it allows them like this credit you know um and people go wow you know look at that and it's so normal because you know they forgot what the world was like 20 years ago or 30 years ago right (laughs) you know and still in some parts of the world and, and in parts of the U.S. still very much trapped in these sort of backwards um, ways. So that that's, I think, the most egregious thing is like the pink washing that happens, too. And we see that in like corporations when it's like, oh, look, we're going and doing pride parades, but they hurt poor queer people every day. Um, you know, but we threw some beads at pride. Go us. Yay. You know, right. so there's a lot to this. Uh, right. So hopefully we'll yeah. be able to have fun <laughs> with, <laughs> with this. It does, it does, it's, it's really interesting because 
there is some good, even though that good happened in the most, um, you know, like it, it wasn't, it, it, it happened in an accidental way almost, right? Like the good that's come of it was characters that were elevated and adopted by an otherwise marginal or uh, people who felt marginalized, but were able to, to hook into a character and then make that character their own. And in a lot of ways, do other things with them, right? Am I wrong in thinking yeah. that that's where it gets, that that's where some positivity is born of this, right? Um, yeah, and we always have to do that. Like we have to, like for, for so long at least, you know, we are getting more like, um, well-rounded queer people on television, of course. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing that change. But yeah, for me growing up, like obviously, you know, um, in the 90s, and I'm not a huge Disney fan. I don't know a lot, but, you know, I remember Ursula. Like, she's a big one. I know we'll talk, we'll, we'll chat. But, you know, kind of seeing these characters and, you know, having to find ourselves in them, there there's like an empowerment. You know, you you kind of change that that story for yourself, you know, so it becomes part of like your, you know, your own personal mythology or we think about, you know, well, what hurt them in the past? And now we're getting those kinds of stories. You know, we're getting these sort of back, you know, um, backstories that Disney's been doing and maybe not exactly explicitly queer, but getting the humanized versions of these villainous characters, something that I think, you know, some of us have been, have already done, you know, we can understand why they're upset or thrown out or, you know, or cast aside, uh, you know, identifying with that side of them, right. um, at least villains. Now for other, you know, for the more positive, I'm not really sure most of mine has come from villains, <laughs> maybe joke. <laughs> no, I have, well, I do know most of the list is villain. Well, it's villain yeah. for absurdity, right? Which right. really the, the ends are the same, you know, the ends justify the means in both types of characters. Like, because, you know, villain is, you know, obviously explicitly problematic and Disney needs to just stop that. I mean, th their history of, of this, of this is just so egregious, it's awful. And then these characters ultimately fail and you cannot separate the, you know, the, the non-normative lifestyles, the non-normative um, actions from the ultimate failure. Like it's, it's awful. But then like you have Timon and Pumbaa who are just silly and it's almost like you don't know which one is worse, right? Like, is there one for you that feels worse? You know, it also reminds me, you guys, of like the major problem with the way that culture um, reflecting social issues is that it makes, man, I think of all the damage like the Hayes Code did, right? Because there are films prior to that that depict, um, relationships from a much more progressive and much more well-rounded viewpoint than our time in, in history has allowed. And so, you know, for those of you that don't know, the Hayes Code is like, a, it's, it's early 1930s government regulations that, that start with movies, but then are pervasive across art and literally present this depiction of very, what was considered moral, but what wound up being very restricted, very you know, box inducing sort of like conservative values that became synonymous with American culture and gave a lot of adults today and adults of years ago and a lot of young people the impression that um, anything that wasn't normative is new and novel. And that's what makes it most dangerous, right? Is that it is not, it is not new or novel 
to be your own person, to live a life of, of authenticity. And art, very old art reflects that, but no one sees it because the Hays Code was so successful at completely putting a lid on that. And it's maddening to hear people say, well, this is new. We're, we're, we're breaking down the walls. We were there, we built this wall. And that's an important distinction to make because we get this sense of like, we're striving for something completely different. We're not, we're tearing down what someone put up for a reason. And, and that's uh, to me, part of it, or all the research I've done to prepare for today um, in my cis head, you know, was, was getting me to a point of sort of being able to understand that, remind myself that this is not us breaking new ground. It's us going back to things that we once were allowed to portray in art. And that's, that makes it most sad. Um, I think, and not something we talk a lot about. Okay, anything else or should we get, so here, what are we allowed to call the bracket then? The the adjective I kept coming back to was ultimate because I don't wanna say best, you guys, because I'm afraid that best gives the wrong implication, but you teach me about what what you think we should call it. Oh, no, some some of us are better than others. Not <laughs> totally joking. That is true. Uh, well, we are, we're, we're all about hierarchies. Just want to make the right ones. Um, my Joe, I don't, I'm not, I'm trying to figure out like Joe no, and Joe. I Joe and Joe. Joey. I'll be Joey on my own damn show because of you guys. My God. <laughs> I'm Joey. So Joe, what are you marginalizing? <laughs> you yes. call me when only this my mom is the wave of the future. podcast. We're 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 gonna round up the straight people and I was gonna say, guys, the straight white male is complaining about how hard he has it. <laughs> he does. He Not has all the men in um, this world. Me and Ugh. Billy Joel sitting in a corner. I, I so I don't know if Joshua has had a thought about this, but I actually have because I was like, you know, because like with Billy Joel, it was like, what's the best Billy Joel, right. the most ultimate right. Billy Joel song? And I think that if we, I think when in, in thinking about the list and the brackets that we have before us, I think it's important to like, you know, again, like I'm a methodology queen. So it's like, you know, you want to, if we approach it in this way, then we can like really, um, we can really hone in. So I think that maybe we should, uh, we should think about it in terms of like, who is the like queerest character as much as possible, the queerest character just, you know, and, and again, cause they're coded. So like it, it coded, which means that no, no, no one is explicitly queer. Um, no one is like, you know, explicitly this and the other, but like, are, there has to be something that makes them the queerest. Like, is it, is it fashion? Is it like, you know, the sense of world domination? What is it? And then argue it from that point. And this will be right. really interesting because like, you know, Joshua and I also are, you know, we're also on different ends of what we consider the like queerest <laughs> um, and, 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 and things. So like we, I know we'll have, we'll probably differ in some respects too. Um, but like whatever, and whatever that means in terms of, you know, backstory, and this might be a little too insider baseball and, you know, to getting into like characters, uh, characters like origins and stuff, but um, no, that's how that's how I was thinking about it. Right, Joshua. What are your thoughts? I I thought you would tell us what no, you so want. So <laughs> I, I I've been, I've been like very careful. Be. You know, so so a I just want to disclaimer that all of these lists. I was very careful to make sure the lists I used were from um, LGBTQ writers. I didn't want to, and you know, from Queer publications media, yeah. that are either. 
uh, you know, that, that represent the LGBTQ community, or at least were being authentically voiced in some way. Authenticity, though, in cartoon characters is kind of a tough call. And that's where I kept coming up with the problem, right? Because we're dealing with really absurdist characters. We're really, we're, they're absurd characters. So are we going to be able to find authenticity? But I, but I think if that's what Joe's saying, like, we're going to look for the the clearest and and most is authentic the right word joe is there a better word than authentic i mean it's again like one could argue that like in developing in developing certain characters they there was a you know there was maybe an an inauthenticity or a disingenuousness about like you know like scar didn't need to have that lilt about him neither did jafar or anything like that but but um like i so like for me how i'm thinking about it is if we go down this road of like what is it like queerest what does that mean i'm also thinking like historical context i'm thinking about what that means for like actual queer people that i know and like for me as a queer person if that meant anything and and yeah i mean I think it would be, I mean, again, and like I, this is completely like my own lens. I do not speak for queer people. We contain multitudes. We're not a monolith. Like, um, Joshua, <laughs> Joshua's looking at me with Robert De Niro face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, okay. it, I think that, I think if we just think of it as like who is the queerest and right. then that could mean whatever, you know. Right. I'm going right. with whoever I like know. more. Uh, and that's fine and, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we, everybody knows we're making it up as we go along. We're doing this <laughs> in the name of education and fun and uh, and and that's so that we're aware. All right. So normally how this works is I put out um, a bracket. Um, my lovely executive producer sister um, puts out a poll, and uh, our listeners vote on who they want to um, move forward in the bracket. We didn't do that this time because we thought that the subject matter was kind of complicated and not really fit to be articulated in a poll. So instead, what I did was I took all of the characters from our list that were kind of, um, you know, garnered from various uh, publications that attempted to do similar lists, and I did the old who had the largest number of Google searches per uh, name. And wow. I, put the hi- I based the hierarchy solely on that. And because um, you guys gave me some uh, educated notes about some characters that were canonically or even explicitly um, uh, uh, queer, gay, uh, gay we, which, 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 which is the better word? Tell, tell me the word we should be using. We don't care. It doesn't matter. Queer. I mean, queer, queer code, a queer. Because like, for instance, Joe, you're, the good call was, our, was Jughead, right? Because in an, mm-hmm. in an episode of, of Riverdale, um, he, did he move from queer coded to explicitly queer? So, so Jughead, Jughead, the character in the comic books, um, it was reported like years ago that like, as they were writing, like, the the archie comics characters like still in print like they made the the decision was made to or you know somehow jughead came out in the comics as like being asexual um and and like they haven't explored that in the show because like in the show jughead is like heterosexual and with like one of the characters um but like and and people were really the fans of the queer fans of Archie were like really kind of wanting that from the show, but the show wasn't going to go in that direction. So so like 
so you know again with Jughead the character having the longer history in Archie comics I thought it would be fair to like oh yeah I, I'm pretty sure that Jughead is like is canonically explicitly queer in this way being asexual um and so if we take him if we take him in that regard despite his other representation on the show then it he's he's explicit and not coded right right and and that's not to say that a character is not also problematic or not also mired in prejudices and stereotypes but for our purposes oh, no, there's lots of that right <laughs> not, not to go around so yeah. and, you know and for lots of different characters but oh yeah you know, the, the truth is is that that you know anything that we had that problem with we took out also i'm going to call this the marissa corollary but i also removed the joker I removed a couple of characters that would have made the list, but were so complicated or appeared in so many different in, in, incarnations throughout decades of life in culture that I, we just, it was probably too hard for us to kind of just mesh it all up. So because I removed a couple of our original 64, I decided to give the top four Google search characters a buy into the second round. Okay. Um, so those characters are, they're the number one seeds in this tournament and they automatic, they have automatic bids into the next round. And those characters are, first of all, do you guys want to guess who the largest search, the, the highest hits of the characters on my list were? Do you want to play a little game? So of those 32, the four that had the largest hit numbers and then moved on. Ursula. Ursula. I would think yes. Ursula would be one. Yeah, Ursula. One of them. Bugs, Good. Bugs Bunny. Bugs, Bugs Bunny, Bunny is another. There's two more. Uh, uh, Scar or Jafar? No. Captain Hook. Okay. No, but you know what, Marissa? Captain Hook has a lot. And I was like, I was very careful that I was like, man, I hope that's not because there's like bait shops on like the lakes of the North, <laughs> like called Captain Hooks, you know, but um, no, it's SpongeBob. Oh, Xena, Xena, right? Xena was high, but not, not okay. one of the, not higher than this gal, a Disney gal. Xena's um, uh, not a uh, Elsa. It's got to be Elsa. Elsa. It was Elsa. It was she Elsa. was supposed to be right. Like, wasn't the the narrative there that she was supposed to have a a, a lesbian relationship? The reason the why movie? I left yes. her in is because it seems like that story is evolving. Is that fair to say? Like, like Disney is yeah. is is toying with that right now because in in Frozen two, it's not explicit. No, no right? it's not even. It's not even implicit. It's just like she like she made a friend. <laughs> the love is her sister. Like <laughs> it, we, so so like okay, so I I'll just say this now because like I I really I think I sincerely doubt that Disney is going to explore anything queer with Elsa. And I say the reason why is because Luca is coming out and Disney's new, I think it's a Disney Pixar thing. It's, it's called Luca and it's about um, a young boy who is actually like a mermaid or he's some sort of like water cryptozoology creature. And it's supposed to, it's explicitly an allegory about being a young, being gay and like you know this young boy has a secret and his friend also has a secret and it's like hey what are you two boys doing in there which like is <laughs> is like every every queer boy knows who's ever had like a you know someone over to his room knows what that what that conversation goes like and so but like they've said that this is going to be their this story is supposed to represent like a queer kind of coming out tale without explicitly being so but like it's you know it's symbolic in that way and so i sincerely doubt that like elsa 
Elsa could have been where they wanted, to, like where they wanted to start to go, but I don't. But now with Luca coming out, I don't know. Okay, I mean, yeah, but ahead. that doesn't mean that like I don't love thinking about like Elsa as like you know at Home Depot, let it go, you know, like right. <laughs> let it go, which it really needs to be my Home Depot story too, because I gotta <laughs> let it go at Home Depot. I get fired <laughs> up, but and, <laughs> I do. I hate that goddamn store. No one works there, and everyone who works there is pissed off. Everyone who works there is 100 and mad at me. Why, why? Why did you show up angry at me? Anyway, getting back, was this a good thing or a bad thing? No, I'm just going to say, if they're going to start with a story about a boy who's queer, I think that is much more dangerous than starting with a, a woman. Because in our culture, uh, they, because the patriarchy fetishizes lesbianism, it's a lot, that'd be a lot easier, I think, for them to get away with. Even if it's in a kid's movie, it doesn't matter. You know, like we're just, we're fucked up. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, I'm kind of excited if they're going to start with an explicitly male queer character that, I mean, if you're going to make him like a mermaid, like it'll be very interesting to see how that comes across. I just think that's a lot more dangerous on Disney's part than, again, doing, and again, people might disagree, but as a, queer male at, and I was out in high school the lesbians did not deal with what I dealt with you know I mean and that's anecdotal of course um but because the straight bullies like fetishized them it just made life easier for them I think to some extent gross horrible awful uh men are trash uh, <laughs> yep uh present company um included included um, <laughs> no, no, I, no I think that's true and this is going to come up over and over again right because like what we're basically trying to get to the heart of. So you have Elsa, strong, determined, um, you know, powerful. And there's such a double-edged sword of like, great. Yeah, great. She's queer. That would be great. What a great, strong character to, to, for, to have representative of that particular sexuality. And yet, though, we're sending them the message that you're a woman and you're strong and you're powerful. Oh, therefore, you got to be a lesbian. Like, right. so I don't know what's the worst thing. You know, they're both bad. <laughs> and and yet in some ways, I guess they're both good. Yeah, because yeah. every one of these characters, Joshua, is gonna, we're gonna wrestle with that duality. Marissa, yeah. I'm interested in your take on, on Elsa and whether or not she should come out. As far as Elsa goes, I really was, I was really rooting for a very strong, like, out gay character in her for the second movie so I was really pissed and disappointed I thought having this this character who was such a role model to every little girl in America become a gay character or just I come out as gay more more so would have been such a huge step forward for all of us and the fact that they balked on that pissed me off so badly the other thing I can't help but sit here and wonder though is it problematic at least in your guys opinion that it has to be a half mermaid still like is it do, are we really too far away from being able to be a kid who's who's over like what I'd really love to see in my wildest dreams is it's not he's half mermaid but rather he's exploring his sexuality and I know that that's you know uh, ridiculous to even consider for Disney but do we think that this is just still canonical in in its own weird way if it's not an outward story about sexuality like that's I hate all about that monstrosity you know, you know we're, right. which I'm sure will right. come up you know the monstrosity I mean yes it would be nice like I always think about it's the for me it's what I call the love Simon paradox right it's like I simultaneously when I first saw it I simultaneously loved it and hated it I loved it because 
this is something that exists and it didn't, I never thought in my wildest dreams I would ever see it, but I also hated it because it's something that I needed when I was that eight, when I was the target demographic for it and I didn't get it. Like I got so much other stuff. I think that um, a couple things. Disney released a short last year called Out that was specifically about like a man struggling to come out. That was like the the like LGBT coalition within Pixar and Disney that released that, which I thought was really great. Um, it's a short, uh, you know, if we didn't have Disney plus, it probably would have never seen the light of day or we would only see it on the festival circuit. Um, but for it to be on streaming, to have that kind of wide of a breach one, it also like, I mean, uh, to Joshua's point, it capitalizes on the pink dollar on the queer dollar. Disney knows, <laughs> Disney knows that it's the gays who kind of keep things going. They're dinks, dual income, no kids for the most part, or, you know, some of them, and even the ones who do have kids, like it's a part of the whole thing. I mean, like I, I, I would never consider myself a Disney gay. Like I appreciate it because of its impact on culture, but I'm not someone who like buys into, who buys into the magic <laughs> um, of it all. But that being said, like, I think that um, you know, not to give them too much credit because they've also, there's so much stuff that they, they don't deserve credit for, but like it is kind of on brand for them to kind of take this very childlike route. And that's the other thing. Disney, it, Disney takes so long for things to come for things to happen that it's because they're really trying to flesh out and world build and make sure that it's the, it's the best, like when they do release it, it becomes an instant classic. And I only say this because I actually have a cousin who works for Disney, who works on the creative side um, for Disney. And so hearing him talk a little bit about how much time, because that's how they get scooped. That's why you get Ants gets released before Bugs Life. That's how you get certain movies like that, where, you know, the concept is out there, but Disney's are classics because they took that extra time. And, 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 and to your point, Mar Marissa, about like Frozen and specifically Frozen 2, like we didn't get, it wasn't the queer story that we wanted it to be, but what it ended up being was about like native, <laughs> like indigenous people and like colonization and imperialism, uh, which like I'm watching, I remember watching it cause like, you know, I, it was, I had to understand in, in the middle of the pandemic, I had my last year, I had my windows open and like every now and then you would hear kids stuck at home in the middle of the day go ah! and I'm like what the fuck is what the fuck is this and so then I watched Frozen 2 and I'm like oh my god and then and I then ended up doing it respond, right? like the, oh! I know and then I responded <laughs> I responded a couple times and then it only got worse but but like watching it it's like oh my god did and I remember texting someone I'm like did Disney just like address like First Nations people and like stealing of like and land and like how your ancestors are terrible and and all this stuff like did we like are you trying to make like are we going to see Elsa make a land acknowledgement like what that so like putting those things in I mean like Lion King is basically Hamlet and so it's it deals with the heavy subject matter, but it also packages it in such a way that like it just gets in their brains. So I think that it's a double I think it's two it's two sides of the same coin, right? It is like, yes, we yes, we want the queer characters, but like it's also like that's for queer people to create that aren't attached to like the corporate machine that is Disney. Um, and then it's also those people in that machine trying to do their own thing. Hence out this, you know, the, the, um, the little short that they made. 
but it's also them packaging it so that way like you know you you and explaining it like i mean if i had to explain death to someone like a little child i'd watch coco like i mean it's that sort of thing so i don't know if that's i hope that's like a complicated enough answer This idea of allowing a young male to explore identity, Marissa, as you put it, like when can it just be a young male, um, is is valid and 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 truthful. And I I pray that we see it in in a major market. I pray that we get the castle and the little bloop, and then that's what it's about. So I agree with you as well. Let's get to the bracket. You ready? Now let's have some fun. Cartoon characters who have been queer-coded. Everyone on my list has come from either The Advocate or The Tempest or Pride Magazine, and then they were rated only on their Google hits, okay? Awesome. Have- Lots of white voices. I'm excited. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Is no, that true? I totally... I'm fucking, I have no idea. I don't read The Advocate. I don't read any of those papers. I'm just, okay. I'm just I don't trying know. to I don't know what I'm... Humor. That's no, (laughs) Joshua has Joshua and rightly, and and I say this rightly show Joshua is very much like his, like he needs to put out his own queer, like publication of sorts. Um, Why haven't you done this already? Please. Um, Also, are these these problematic publications? Are these, are these problematic publications that I've mentioned? No, I mean, not, not any more than anything else. I mean, it's, everything is problematic. <laughs> well, everything is racist. It, yeah. Everything is sexist. Hey, well, look, Ro- Rolling Stone. You can. We thing. can all write for Rolling Stone now. Do you see that crap? <laughs> Rolling that? Stone is charging people to to print articles. Yeah, Do you see that? Can suck an egg. Isn't yeah, that unbelievable? Like that. Yeah. yeah, so we all pretty soon the New York Times will be that way. Well, oh, don't don't say it. The New York Times is one of the few things I have left. All right, <laughs> number four seated Xena Warrior Princess against number five seated the genie the from Aladdin. I am not going to vote, Marissa. You're the tiebreaker. Josh and Joe will be the initial. Josh and Joe oh. are the are the initial voters, and then Marissa, you break ties. <laughs> Xena, the <Yeah>. genie. <laughs> oh, Marissa, you're already on stage. Right okay. at the beginning. <laughs> She, we need to make our cases so that, cause she's the tiebreaker, right? Yep. yep. So in this way, I like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three points for why the genie needs to move on. Um, <laughs> Rob, Robin Williams, like while not a queer man, you know, and very problematic in his portrayal of Mrs. Doubtfire was like the genie was one of those characters that is very influential in my, like when that thing came out a couple of years ago, that meme where it's like, pick the three fictional characters that make you up. Like I put the genie up for me and it's like, Oh yes, absolutely. I, I strongly identify with the genie, you know, someone who helps another, some, you know, a person with immense power who helps another man and gets no credit for it. <laughs> like that's, that's exactly I, I identify with that. I'm sure a lot of queer people can identify with that, you know, especially when pursuing like, you know, a female love interest. Um, but yeah, I I am I'm here for the genie. And that's I that's, and I'm and I'm using Joshua's logic against him uh, or, uh, of like what I would like of what who I want to move on. All I heard was the genie is a wingman who helps his like straight friend lie to a poor innocent girl who has no education really she's locked up in this place she is the daughter she is a princess how dare you say she has no education well i mean of the world you know she's locked up in the in the palace with the tiger that is the patriarchy's fault that is not the genie's fault okay and he helps i'm gonna i'm gonna get it i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt this happened right away Go ahead, Marissa. That was my 
my poor attempt at Zena's call, in case you're wondering what I was doing. Um, I'm going to, um, Joseph, I'm so sorry, Joe. I I love the genie, but as a as growing up watching Zena as someone who was also always, you know, accused of, you know, even to this day, everybody assumes I'm a lesbian, right? Which I'm fine with, to be honest. I embrace it. But Zena was such an interesting and powerful moment for me in my education and my awakening to my own sexuality to, and I'd, I'd still do dirty things with Lucy Lawless. So sorry, like she gets my vote. So yeah, hey, <laughs> see, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, was Joe. She I'm on the WB. On the WB. That whole, I knew Zena was on the WB. I did that so you would do that in person. <laughs> Will every time too. All right, Zena moves on to a second round match with Elsa from Frozen. But right now we have number three seeded Hades from Hercules going up against my girl, Peppermint Patty from the Peanuts. Joshua, you start this one. Don't do Peppermint Peppermint Patty. (laughs) Go. Joe, don't you dare. I, I I mean I I guess I have to go I have to go peppermint patty only just because I don't like James Woods who was the voice of Hades so so yes I go peppermint patty also never mind we'll we'll talk about this later but yes peppermint patty the Birkenstocks move on to round two our next matchup is number seven seeded Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast versus number two seeded King Friday the 13th from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Joe, you got first crack this time. I actually was, I didn't know that King Friday was like a queer-coded character. And and so I was like, what? Um, but my vote is Cogsworth, um, both in, in both portrayals, in the animated portrayal, in, um, in the live action portrayal. Uh, I think Cogsworth, because I am Cogsworth, like I'm fussy and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, I want, every, I want to please the master. Like that's, that's my role. Cogsworth is essentially a sub and that is, and that's why. So <laughs> Joshua. Yeah. No, I would go with Cogsworth as well. I love Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I did get, like, the famous of King Friday the 13th growing up, but that was one, like, I don't think I ever made that connection until this list, you know? So that's kind of, that's, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. He had a, he, a, a man's hand was up him the entire time. I so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all the time. How could that Definitely be Cogsworth. Surprising. Who doesn't love that? I don't know. Yeah. How, how could you guys be that surprised? Um, the... I was terrified by that portion of Mr. Rogers. As soon as the trolley started moving, I would turn. I would turn the channel. Those they were creepy. Off out of me. Those that was my <laughs> my favorite part was when it's like because I, I was like, can I get the trolley? Like, can I press random buttons? And you know, I also love getting mail. So like Mr. McFeely, anytime he came through, I was like, strange name, you know, for a show about kids, but. Uh, but yes, so isn't, isn't it crazy that the joy of mail will is pretty much law? I mean, is gone. I mean, do you remember how cool mail getting mail was? No. I mean, literally, the entire businesses were built out of sending little kids mail, like sweet pickles and all, <laughs> all that. Now crap. we call that grooming, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Truth. Sorry, Joey. I was I was making fun of you. I'm sorry. I, I didn't even get it. What do you mean? You were like grooming, grooming. Business. Entire businesses are made on sending children mail, and I jokingly said, "Now we call that grooming." No, no. We're getting them ready to, you know. Oh, grooming! Like, like we're prepared. Oh, got it. 
Yeah, that was creepy. Like McFeely. <laughs> there we go. Full circle. We're getting the ready to meet Mr. McFeely. You know, okay, we made it dirty. This is dangerous. <laughs> those, yeah. Joe, those fingers that you just put out when you said McFeely just a screen it. cap. All right. Number four seated Maleficent and her decades of wickedness go up against Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove, a number five seed. Um, Joshua, I think oh. you start this one. Maleficent. <laughs> it's like that was no contest. Um, I so I, I recently watched Sleeping Beauty, and by recently I mean I saw it for the first time um last year during the pandemic. My boyfriend showed it to me, and you know what? She she got so upset that she wasn't invited to a party that she cursed everyone. Queer icon right there, Maleficent. <laughs> icon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I guess my invitation was lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either that or she's an abuela. <laughs> one or the other. The one or the other, because that's the chismo. That's that is chismosa to the max, right there. I mean, if she Maleficent also has like said, very strong jaw, like very if, a lot of angles. If Maleficent were were Cuban, she would have spent all of Aurora's life talking about that slight too to the other chismosas on her name on her block. All right, next uh, that was a slam dunk. Kronk never stood a chance. Number three. Can we, can we just? eulogize Kronk real quick yeah go ahead Marissa yeah he's a character that is near and dear to my heart I feel like he is like when we're talking queer coding I think there is something so sweet and so genuine about him that a lot of these other characters like listen I know villainy is is a product of the way society treats us and so many of these villains I think make a beautiful parallel in that way but with Kronk it's like he's a villain but not really and he's one of the best-hearted people in the film and he's like just such a sweet and good person that like I think he was a great character to see on this list. You guys are the experts. <laughs> I tell you what, anybody who meets Eartha Kitt and then devotes his life to following her, queer code. Yeah. I mean, if I better pretty gay. That Legend. Is, yeah, <laughs> it's really gay. <laughs> All right. Next matchup, number three, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast going up against number six. Sebastian the Crab in an all golden age of Disney <laughs> battle. Joe, you're first. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where do you even begin? Um, oh my gosh. I, I, I want to say Gaston just to be a, that bitch, but it's, it's Sebastian. It's Sebastian. It has to be Sebastian. <laughs> He's meddling in people's lives. Exactly. He's, it has to be Sebastian. <laughs> Yeah, Sebastian for me too. And a surprising twist. I'm not choosing the villain uh, in this, at least in this pairing up. Uh, yeah, Gaston is full of awful toxic masculinity. He's got to go. He's got to go. Yeah. Um, Sebastian, though, oh my gosh, yes. He's got to move on. We love Gaston. We love is if we're eulogizing Gaston, Gaston is like that gym trick that, like, you know, those muscle gays, we hate them. Like, yeah. go eat granola and wear a tank top and go drink at Mickey's on, you know, go to the Abbey for brunch. Get he out just of here. hangs around and queer baits people into buying him drinks. And then, like, yes, he'll, he'll let you like blow him, but he's like, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, in a spitting go. match, nobody spits like Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, antlers and all of his decorating, <laughs> phallic. 
Yeah. Girl's got, she's got issues. She needs to get to therapy and stop, mm-hmm. you know, uh, projecting all this nonsense on the rest. I of like it. it. All right. Sebastian moves on. Uh, he uh, would not have fared well. At, at, he would not have fared quite as well in a Jamaican coding uh, competition, but <laughs> in here he does it. So we'll, uh, we'll let one problem. Uh, yeah, we'll lie. talk. I mean, we'll see how he does in the next round, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other problems. <laughs> All right. And the final matchup on this side of the bracket. And I swear to you guys, this got generated automatically. It's unbelievable. Number two seeded Hercules against number seven seed He-Man, Master of the Universe. Joshua. Fuck, I don't really know. Uh, oh my God. Can we pick the representation of Hercules that we want? Or are we talking <laughs> Disney Hercules? Yeah, no, that's true. We know we, we have a lot of Hercules here to kind of parse out. Because like right? I'm thinking like um I'm thinking like young Hercules Her, Her, young Hercules, <laughs> which like, yes, definitely queer coded. Yeah, um or, also or because for- I'm not too familiar with He-Man Master of the Universe. So I I'm inclined to pick Hercules and I just will do it. So Hercules for me. All right. Okay. Well, there we go. Um I have the opposite problem. I'm much more familiar with He-Man. Well, really, She-Ra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's the real tea. Uh, you know, so I can't, I think I have to go with He-Man because I really don't. Although, I mean, I can't, like, what's really queer about He-Man? Well, I mean, he rides a tiger, right? Isn't it like mm-hmm. a green tiger? And he's got a page boy cut. He's got a page boy cut, for that's sure. That's cute. You know, yeah. that's fancy. And there's that what what's up. Uh, Four Non Blonde song video with him. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty lovely. Uh, Yeah, I'm going with He-Man and Marissa's going to have to break the tie. Yeah. Marissa, this is a tough one. Sorry, Joe, I got to pass this to you. I never watched He-Man. Oh, He-Man. I I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she has taste, clearly. Oh, God, I'm, I'm so torn because on one hand, Steve Reeves you know, played Hercules back in the day for our older listeners, which Dr. Frankenfooter himself calls out um, in Rocky Horror. Um, and he, but He-Man was my, I mean, I was upset. Marissa will vouch for, I had the the most massive collection of He-Men. He-Men, is that the plural? I believe that's the plural. Or He-Mans. He-Mans. he yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough for me. I'm going with He-Man. He-Man meets Sebastian the Crab in round two. Oh, we shit. go to the other side of the bracket now. In- all, all I'm saying is that young Hercules on television was played by a very young Ryan Gosling. So, yeah, you know, we're gay, you know, I like Ryan Gosling, you know, I, you know, just for the articles. So... <laughs> That's gold. I love it. That's going on a chancleta if you're not careful. All right, going over to the other side of the bracket. This is our SpongeBob side. SpongeBob gets an automatic bid, but he will go up against either number four seated Captain Hook, who I was really a lot higher than I expected him to be at a number four, or number five, who I thought was seated much lower than I expected, Elphaba or the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> Joe, you start this one off. Captain Hook versus uh, Elphaba. Elphaba. Come on. Elphaba. Captain Hook, his only his only que- thing queer about Captain Hook is that he's obsessed with a little boy and he he's obsessed with looks and he wears a wig. Like But in Doctor in, in Hook, he calls he and Smee just a couple old queens. I love yeah. That. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, been, I mean, 
that might have been explicit enough to, to get him out of the, of the entire bracket. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> True. I, I, I got to say, and also like Elphaba, original Elphaba on Broadway is um, is Adina Menzel, who is the voice of Elsa. And that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, not Well, not only that, but I mean, so this is I, I'll give you a little spoiler. Or you guys saw the list. This is one of two Wizard of Oz characters. And, you know, the Wizard of Oz, is it fair to say you guys educate me? That's that's as, about as OG a queer coded piece as we can get, right? I mean, no, yes or no? Uh, well, I mean, you can go back to like Dracula. Well, no, Dracula. Well, yeah, 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 Dracula's no, 1931. True. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's definitely you can find like you know queer. Yeah, no, that's true. Because that's the 39. Beginning. There's yeah. I'm, by OG, I mean maybe like in the modern sense of queer coding. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but that's definitely what when when you you say Alphaba and you're thinking of uh, Wicked, I was thinking Miss Gulch. <laughs> so I'm like yes to her. Fuck little <laughs> dogs. She moves on. Um, I wasn't even really thinking about Wicked. Um, so yeah, I I'm definitely in the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, so it holds up either way. <laughs> Yeah, either way. Good. All right. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. That's a, that's a very interesting um, observation. Like, I do wonder how um, the Wizard of Oz is seen in that kind of context. Because Friends of Dorothy, I mean, that is an old way to like talk about, you know, um, being queer. Um, I think that's to do more with like Judy Garland kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah. about that. All right, good. Well, she'll be back so we can talk about it more. The next matchup is number three seeded Jafar from Aladdin against the number six seeds. I kept them together because I couldn't justify keep pulling them apart. Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Joe? Oh, my God. Um, Jafar. <laughs> I have, I mean, the how, oh, yes. Jafar, uh, Prince Abubu. Yes, Jafar, 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 <laughs> Jafar. Abubu, yeah. Abubu. <laughs> it's just, I, yeah, just, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally for Jafar. I love when he turns into the big red genie and he's got those long black nails and he's <laughs> here for it. Yes, because if um, you're not wearing nails, you're not that, trying to fuck someone's life. <laughs> life up. <laughs> also, like, I never, the thing about Jafar that's cool too is that, like, he doesn't, he i never i never bought that he was like in love with jasmine he just it's all about power and it's like right. oh you know i mean it's a self-destructive means to an end but you know yeah yeah, yeah. And you need a good beard so she would have been yeah. a perfectly good beard. yes <laughs> but yeah so timon and pumba also sweet and it is nice to have like look they're happy they're a happy gay couple living their lives yeah. doing their thing you know, on the outskirts, uh, you know, so open about their butt stuff. Like there's a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah, it's true. They're very, uh, yeah. Yeah. So good for them. And Nathan Lane played Living. Timon and Billy Eichner played Timon, like gay actors and, you know, but sorry, sorry to them, but you know, no match for Jafar. <laughs> they're happy. We're here for the, for the tragic, sad characters. So they're doing well. Like, fuck them. Yeah. They're still, they're, <laughs> right. Right, you figure they're still out there. They're in the Boca Raton version of the of the Savannah or wherever they're from. You know, they're out there. <laughs> yeah, they're still making it happen for sure. Yeah. All right, it's next Palm match Springs. We go to Palm Springs now. Oh, uh, Palm, the gays. Oh, Palm, <laughs> just, just point of clarification. Sorry, no, that's why I'm here. I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. <laughs> and you know that because they pick up, you know, a very young, you know, boy to come help them, you know, uh, clean their pool. 
So that's how you know. There and just there. and just for they're like just to clarify, them. listener, when we say like a young boy, like we don't we mean someone who is like of legal age. Like we're Always, talking about like a, we're yes. we're talking about like you know a, a consensual age and like we're speaking like a twink like they pick up some twink to come you know the, yes did I call Simba a twink absolutely Simba is a twink de- yeah. or a twunk he's kind of twunky by the end by the end, by the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let his hair get long you know he's here for it anyway so good for them goodbye timon and pumbaa live your life just way too happy way too happy for us you guys (laughs) all right next matchup number seven seed the um gold cloak wearing baddie from pocahontas governor ratcliffe versus number two seed ren and stimpy together wow um is it my turn i don't i've lost um well, for me, it's probably going to be Ren and Stimpy. Although I do think that in like the adult cartoon that they did later, it's, I, I don't know if it's, I feel like it's pretty explicit sometimes. Oh, do they? Them. Oh my God, I missed that completely. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not like explicitly that they're, I don't know. I guess it kind of still is implied, but there are just some really dirty jokes, you know, Mm -hmm. about pitching and catching and, you know, some visual gags that are very sexual. uh, A lot of butt stuff. A lot of butt stuff. A lot of butt butt stuff. stuff. And log. A lot of log, you know, like. log. Um, So much of that went over my head as a kid. I gotta be honest. (laughs) It's better than bad. It's good. Exactly. Um, um, but yeah, so my vote is for Ren and Stimp because I love them and they have a special place in my heart. Ratcliffe, though, I mean, he's, she's got it, you know, she's there for gold. <laughs> it's a say something hat day every day of the week. Hat. Yes. With um, a cape. I mean, it's, with a hat and a cape, you know, she was making a statement. She was yeah. like, is the Met Gala this way? Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> So I, I'm picking Ren and Stimpy uh, because, I, because I don't want to have um, an explicit colonizer move any forward. So right. on that yeah. regard, oh. Radcliffe can go, yes. like, can go eat shit. <laughs> but yes, but yes, I mean, you know, did it. And also like, he was also like a very fabulous, like fat man, because like, you got to love, like when your villain is like rotund, rotund yes. and, and queer. And it's like, because they, they look like, oh, he's like the epitome of decadence. And yeah, I'm that's like, how you know, he's really evil. Yeah. You know, because he's <laughs> right. also a fat person. Right. Yeah, he's also fat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. like worse than gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Listen boy. to our episode Thinner uh, on Thinner. <laughs> Fright School Plug. <laughs> thinner. Your Wi-Fi is slow. <laughs> I, just, I, I just felt we just I feel like we just needed Jackie here. Uh, but yeah. Thinner. You, know what, you know what else, too? Um uh, it, it's rare, Joe. I love. I love that you're like. It's rare, Joe, that you get to lash out against a literal colonizer. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like no, <laughs> no. All I'm right. sorry. Fuck <laughs> her and the ship she floated in on. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> These next two were caught my eye as soon as they hit the page. They're they're toughies. These are toughies. So get ready. All right, Joe. This is your. You're going first on this one. We have number four seated and the only somehow the only representative. From Scooby-Doo, where are you? Velma at number four seed versus number five seed Cruella Deville. 
<laughs> oh god oh my god uh velma <laughs> velma jinkies like uh, yeah uh, oh my god why are you more fetishized why are you doing this to me oh my gosh this no, is a it's tough one. This, this is, is a very one. this is a this is a this is good. This is why we're here. Um I pick Velma. I'm just gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna pick Velma. Fuck. I don't know I, what to say. Joshua, like, don't like, be predictable. I know because part of me's like, well, gosh, you know, is my hatred of dogs gonna win out? Yes, it probably um, will. <laughs> also, I don't she's, actually hate dogs, but it's fun to say because it upsets people. Um <laughs> Only everyone in America. Yeah, right. Uh, no. Um, oh, my gosh. But Cruella's, like, so fabulous. She's got amazing clothing. Um, that's important. She yeah, has a know. she has a she has a best friend. I, I could Especially I could get Glenn there. Close. Like the Glenn Close Cruella. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, although she does kill that, like, Siberian tiger or whatever, which is unforgivable. That's awful. Um, is so hot. Am I allowed to say that Velma is so hot? Is that okay? It's fine. Yeah. We've objectified some it. of these yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, oh, man, this is hard. Because I do really like Velma as well. And I have kind of, you know, my track record is kind of to go with the, the lesbian characters. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm two like... of them up. So now it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Just food for thought. Is Velma matching like orange with burnt sienna? Is that what she's doing there, right? Isn't, I mean, those are two very close shades of orange. But she's she's working. She made it work. She's working. She does. It. She's yeah. got like a monochromatic, but it's not like black and white or gray. You know, it's it's, it's a it's an also a nice there's take. she has a catchphrase like any good queer person that I know has a catchphrase like jinkies. Right? Every every good person period has a quote. Yes. Like if you're yeah. not worth your weight if you don't have a quote phrase. Like like Joshua's catchphrase when I'm around is get out. Like <laughs> it is absolutely. No, um, actually, it's oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. That is that's that's probably more of the, the catchphrase, which said everything and everybody stop doing that. No, Cruella had a cigarette holder, though. So no, all-, all the fashion, it's there, you know, and like that's yeah, so much fun being that move. evil. You know, bring me the puppies. Yeah. You know, it's just lovely. Um, oh my Anita, gosh. where are the puppies? Anita. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) this episode is worth it just for the impressions (laughs) i could see i could get there with cruella deville but i'm gonna go with my gut and say velma so joshua just go with your gut and melissa marissa you're on deck (laughs) marissa i think joshua's pretty much saying cruella you know i do i really do like velma as well and i do we do have to have some like positive (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no but like but that's but don't think about the list think about who you want like that's, I know, it, that's I know, how it works I know, yep. I know. if you thought yeah, about the list we wouldn't know Corella. Corella, okay. yeah i have to go with Corella. oh marissa this is just i do not i can't envy you. i can't do it joe it's on you you're the host no. i quit <laughs> okay so here's where i'm sitting Velma was a role model for me. Again, by the end of this episode, I might be out. I'm not sure. But Velma was Marissa, when she was little, <laughs> often lost her glasses and crawled around on the floor looking for them. But I, God, I love Cruella. She's so fabulous. And I got to be honest, I am so excited for the Cruella movie with Emma Stone. Like counting. Me too. It's like a month away. I know. I'm <laughs> counting the days. Level excited. So that might be like twisting my perspective a little bit. God. Oh God, I can't. I can't. 
Joey help. You know you want to say Cruella, so just say it. Like <laughs> I actually want to say vote, Velma. I would vote Velma. I love I love her. I love Scooby Doo right. so much. Joey, okay. I'm passing it to you. Velma, it is. I I'm can't. gonna go Velma. I, I can't choose Velma. You. I'm, I'm fine sorry, with Joshua. That. But Scooby Doo needs needs a representation on this list because I mean, what a what a cartoon that just developed us all, right? What a formative piece. Velma's well, got to be on there. And I, I Fred and his ascot aren't on this list, so I feel yeah, like I know. You know? I don't know how. Maybe it was well, too Scooby obvious. Well, Scooby Doo is always. I mean, it was. It's very Shaggy diverse. And it's, it's, it's embrace exactly. You got yeah. like a nice uh, uh, one of the rare consensual bestial, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> relationships. Right, right. So hard to find. So hard to come by. <laughs> so hard to find like consent. Like I do yeah. see Scooby as a consenting individual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And and, and we we didn't put great. air quotes around the word consent because right. once you do, that makes it hard when you're dealing with yeah. with dogs. Right. No, he's, there. he's there he's there for everything he's there for the the pot smoking and the eating yeah. and i mean you do a lot of that god who is it though? you might throw in a little sex maybe so satirical. So satirical. <laughs> you're so canceled after the end of this this show oh, is so this show's gonna be done no show this is how we ended it this is our life welcome hey, to this our- is the last uh, we're going down we're going down swinging some parents gonna hear this and launch like a crusade yep. against scooby-doo and God, I, hope so. I hadn't even thought of that these, these sick hanna-barbera people <laughs> all right here we go I cannot believe this happened. The next matchup is an all lion <laughs> matchup. Number three, Scar from the Lion King versus number six, the Cowardly Lion from the Wizard of Oz. Sophie's choice. <laughs> go. I let Joshua go first on this one. Well, okay. So my question is, so we like, I get why Scar is kind of seen as queer. Again, he's kind of mincing. He has that sort of, you know, dandyisms like Ratcliffe, you know, he's kind of like painted that way or like Hades, but like the Cowardly Lion, like, I guess, cause he like wants to get his hair curled and wear a bow and I really, yeah. He doesn't I mean, want to fight. 19, yeah. 1939. That's all it took was that you're like, going to get yeah. a point in it. And that was it. You know, queer cut. Yeah. They're like, oh, God, that's a tag of mine. I've ever seen one. I don't know. I'm going with Scar because I love Scar. I think he's wonderful. Um, you know, again, he's, he needs a backstory, too. I, we need to know, like, how crushed he was, uh, you know. <laughs> they got to have a movie in the works, no? Do they? Does anybody yeah, we know? We need a Scar film. Uh, yeah. But yeah, oh I'm going to go with Scar. Can you imagine? Can you, like, a Maleficent, Cruella-type movie, but it's Scar? Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a young Scar. He's full of hope, you know, oh, loves God. his brother. They're great. All right. Scar. Be prepared, Joe. All right, Scar. Scar wasn't Scar. As hard as All right, Scar goes on. I know that. So this, our last matchup in the first round, and I'm I'm surprised at how high this character was and i don't even know is it is it lee shang from mulan uh lee shang mulan's boyfriend oh gotcha (laughs) the captain Uh, and who's the other one joey i'm sorry no and yeah so lee shang number two seed goes up against number seven seed our only representative from the star wars universe lando calrissian lee shang (laughs) lee shang so (laughs) i have a lot to say about Li Shang. <laughs> so I, I want him to go on. Okay. So Li Shang. I'm trying, I'm saying this out loud to persuade Joshua <laughs> to choose Li Shang. <laughs> there is a lot. And Joe, I don't know if you know this. I, I certainly didn't until I was doing th- this show. But 
there's a lot written about Li Shang. There is a ton written about Li Shang, and if and if that's not, I hope that makes Joshua curious enough to let <laughs> Li Shang go through. I <laughs> so wait, like. It, is there should got to be a book written about this by now, right? This whole like she, you know, just one of the boys. She's the mad phenomenon of of like queer mm-hmm. folk, right? Overall like, in culture, I I think so. But right? I mean, I oh, definitely Mulan. Right, because it's a mm-hmm. thing in culture, and like I'm curious, but let's let's table that until you guys decide. Um. Yeah, I guess Li Shang is fine by me. I I kind of feel terrible because I really I, I don't really know much about Mulan. I've not seen it. Um, surprise, surprise. I haven't seen actually a lot of these movies. I just happen to kind of know because of culture. Um, and Lando Calrissian, I mean, Star Wars, ugh, ew. Uh, but he did, didn't he wear a cape? He did wear a cape. Yes, but I do he, enjoy. But Damn. he, the cape didn't wear him. Like, right. he wore the cape. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and it like swoops out. It's it nice. swoops out. He had like this beautiful hair. I mean, to, we're, I'm going to just eulogize him now because I want Lee Shang to move forward. Um, right. it, Billy D. Williams. Fuck my drag. Yeah. <laughs> Billy D. Williams was also like, you know, the epitome of like, you know, masculinity also at the time, you know, Colt 45 malt liquor. Come on. So, yeah. But I have a lot to say. Uh, I'm not saying that like uh, who I want to win, but I have a lot to say about Lee Shang. All right. Lee Shang, Lee Shang, right. Lee Shang moves through. Um, <laughs> Lando, it seems like, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, it seems like the conversation really gets started about Lando with the new Han Solo movie, right? I, I don't I don't know that this is Billy D yes. as much as I can't remember the actor. Donald Glover. Donald, Donald Glover, Glover definitely, right, right. I think, plays Lando in a way that I, I would say d- deserves a closer look for queer quoting. Uh, what I see is like pansexuality is yes. what's listed mm-hmm. here. But I, the, I, see, I, I see pansexual Lando reveals just how far the Star Wars franchise has come. That's the first thing that comes up. The mm-hmm. second one is Lando Calrissian's, ugh, Lando Calrissian's newfound pe- pansexuality is bullshit. So, oh, there we go. <laughs> There the go. internet has spoken. the internet. <laughs> well, well, because it's, in my opinion, in Solo, it's very obvious that he, like, I would argue he's overtly pansexual. So I, I would, I don't know. Like, I, I think, you know, it is a, a step forward for Star Wars, which is obviously needs a lot of step forwards in many arenas. But yeah, the, I thought Donald Glover did a good job with his Lando. So plus he's a nice, easy on my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, wearing <laughs> a, a lovely fur cape. And he does just that. that. Yeah, his outfits are pretty amazing. All right, so well, I think, I think Lee the, Chang. I, I think the reason why so much of this conversation revolves around cartoon characters is because we... You know, we we find cartoons, we come to cartoons and impressionable parts of our identity right. building portion of our lives, right? And so what I'd like to end on t- uh, tonight, now that the first round is over, I'd like each of you, if you could, to tell me what character that we did not talk about tonight or will not talk about in this bracket helped shape your identity. Whether that identity be, it, it could be a sexual identity or a sexual awakening, but it could also just be, you know, any other kind of... Uh, personality persona building truth or kind of moral or ethical code you came to because of youth programming <laughs> what would you who haven't we talked about today because oh i God. really think the gang from scooby-doo shaped my socializing i really i really do i really i will i actually pined for a scooby-doo where there was no mystery i wanted to have the scooby-doo where they got to the hotel and just hung out 
Like they, you know, they sat like around. the real world, but it's Scooby Doo. Like yeah. it's- <laughs> they had a nice dinner, you know, they, because I wanted just like to know what their regular day was, you know, and 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 not have the conflict of chasing around the ghost. Um, because I was so, yeah, I was so, and probably that I just wanted to watch them get high together. Maybe that was it. But Marissa, you start us off. Who was the, I could probably answer this for you. Who, who really developed your identity? Who helped I, I develop your identity when you were younger? Shit. I don't know. I need a minute. Okay. We have it. I know. Well, we should have thrown this out before, uh, you know, yeah, can so, we, like, like, circle back? yeah, well, <laughs> Marissa's got to edit it. So take your time. <laughs> I, I, the, the thing that the one that comes to my mind Oh my God. The one that comes to my mind automatically is like, it's like, it's like PBS programming for kids. Mm -hmm. Cause like I immediately thought of Barney the dinosaur because like Barney the dinosaur was someone that's like, I loved watching it, but I also was savvy enough to not be vocal about it because other kids might make fun of me because it wasn't cool to like Barney, but we all knew that we watched it. Right. Right. Yeah, Um, Yeah. So like Barney the Dinosaur, and then thinking about that more, like Fred Rogers was very instrumental, Wishbone, um, Reading Rainbow, like all of like PBS kids programming definitely shaped my, um, shape, it helped shape me. The Sesame Street, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. So like, I, I don't think I can pick exactly one. I have to pick like that whole block <laughs> of, <laughs> of, uh, of programming. No, that's really good. Yeah, that's a really good one. Oh, man, I don't know, you know, because when people ask me that question, the first person that really comes to mind always is Elvira, but that's not really like kids programming. No, yeah, but, like, but you know, like, but for me as a kid, like growing up and then kind of internalizing her like spooky kook, but she's sexy, but she's weird, but she likes it and she's proud of that. And, you know, like I, I found so much empowerment in that, like, you know, um, like yeah this is exactly who i am and if you don't like it i don't care none of my business i always you know like that but you know when i think about it you know there was like x-men i really enjoyed x-men because i had read you know some of the comics as a kid i could check them out and i kind of did see like queerness echoed there um you know uh catwoman from the batman animated series Mm -hmm. um well and michelle pfeiffer actually i wanted to be that unhinged um but i mean yeah the easy answer for me is always elvira i mean she was i i i don't know who i'd be if that if she if that character hadn't existed um you know uh because then came along like nancy from the craft with like we are the weirdos and that ties like directly into that same vibe for me and wednesday adams and you know those those sorts of uh characters lydia deets from beetlejuice obviously uh but i think that all kind of tracks back to to elvira being that first person of like i wear all black and i'm a weirdo and i'm sexy and i'm awesome and like it or not (laughs) great exactly good yeah i think a lot of mine are along that line too where like the first thing that jumped into my head was scully from the x-files because i was like you know like she was so like empowering for me and so important in my own like kind of identity and same thing a lot of those same characters like lydia and all them um but yeah for cartoons i think my big one might have been like stuff that was so not like not coded in any way shape or form like like gummy bears and darkwing duck and like ducktails and all that shit so like i'm trying to think of like my sexuality and cartoons and i'm not sure i know i had lots of feelings for a lot of cartoon characters from the x-men but that's about it 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, did, female and you, male. <laughs> you did love you some DuckTales, man. Oh, I, I remember I getting a bro. lot of fights with you over whether or not I was allowed to change DuckTales. <laughs> but yeah, like I would say X-Men 2 for sure, that 90s series. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's hard to like pinpoint, you know. Yeah, what about you, Joe? Another. You know, the one thing I always think of is I mom used to put a towel in my shirt and let me go outside and play. Like she'd let me hang like a towel, so it was like a cape. And what and you me wonder off, why the kids beat you up? Continue. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, well, that I learned that lesson quick. And <laughs> I would go outside, I'd run up. around, and and I would just get so pissed off because everybody'd be like, "Are you Superman?" I'd be like, "No, I'm Dracula." Like obviously, it's a brown towel. I'm not. <laughs> Superman, I'm Dracula. And I would like walk around wanting to be Dracula. And I guess that, you know, what I didn't realize is that most little five, six year old, four, whatever year old kids running around were being Superman. But I just, I wanted to be Dracula. I wanted to be kind of like hiding. You wanted to be Gary Oldman Dracula? So it got yes. weird. I wanted to <laughs> yes. Be Marissa, tell us what the Jersey Ghouls are up to. So we know where to find them. Oh, yeah. Please check us out over at Jersey Ghouls. We are always having lots and lots of fun. And we are always trying to steal the Fright School boys. Um, so, yeah, check us out at JerseyGhouls.com. Check us out at Three Currents Productions. We have all kinds of fun things going on over there. Awesome. Boys, tell us about Fright School. Where can we find Fright School? Uh, you can find us on Mondays. We release episodes every Mondays on uh, every Monday <laughs> on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcatchers. Uh, and you can find us uh, across all social media at Fright School. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. We have a cool, fun Facebook that sometimes has nothing to do with the show. It's just kind of filled with really fun memes. But yeah, so you can find us there. We're always talking about horror, you know, from an academic queer lens, you know, trying to have a... Uh, conversation about cultural anxiety it's a good time and also merch we have merch as well if you want to see three co three crones merch tell them and maybe they'll get some and then we yeah. can have some too um, yes. yes we're working we'll on it we're working on it all right i love the three of you so much thank you for this this was so much fun in the most complicated way <laughs> possible but you guys are the best thank you all three of our guest hosts will be back next time for every month madness part two and if you want to check out the bracket which we've been told um really really helps people kind of visualize where it's at so what we've been doing is putting in the show notes the bracket when we start the first show and then the bracket when we end the first show so if you want to start the second show knowing what our panelists have picked you can see it on there. So go to everymonthmadness.transistor.fm. If you like the show, please give us a like. Please write us a review on Apple. Um, subscribe and uh, hit the button because we're going to be here putting pop culture into ridiculous, unimportant hierarchies for as long as we can get away with it. Until next time, when we do Queer Coded Cartoon Characters Part 2, I'm Joe Costal. Be seeing you. Where are you? Got some work to do.